What's up, NBA fans? Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith. I'll be joined by Jawan and Joel, as always, very shortly. Uh, but I'm flying solo here for a minute, so I'd just like to take uh, take a chance to uh, thank you guys uh, for tuning in. Uh, we got some great news this past week. Uh, Geek Vibes Nation, which is the uh, overarching um, thing that we all kind of operate under. We do our full court press show on it. We do our um, kind of our flagship show, Geek Vibes Live, every Saturday at eight o'clock, and we also have our uh, Wrestling Geek Alliance show on Wednesdays. Um, we reached number twelve uh, this past week on. Uh, Apple iTunes um, for blogs, uh, so that's awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in and, and supporting the channel, um, and we uh, hope to continue to give you guys good content so you'll come back. Um, so uh, just to break things down, uh, we're going to start by going into the ESPN rankings. Um, I've got a few problems with with any kind of preseason ranking. Just like, just in general, it's not not something that I really like. I mean, obviously, um, a lot of this is just is pontification and predictions and very little substance to back it up. And I mean, what you get is you get, you know, uh, Carmelo Anthony ranked at 64th behind Lonzo Ball at 63rd. Um, and you get, you know, a lot of other various things that I just I just find intriguing. Um, Joel, is that you or is that Jawan? It's me, Joel. What's up, man? How um, you doing? Oh, so. nothing much. So just going into the first topic, um, ESPN rankings. Uh, let me let me kind of go on a little spiel here for a second and get your thoughts Do on it. it. Um, Do it. So, so, so Mello's Mello's ranked at sixty fourth. You know, which everybody, I mean, I think most people think is pretty egregious. Um, like even people like me, I like I'm not a huge Mello fan. I never have been. Uh, I did like him. Uh, I did like that Denver team when they when they almost uh, knocked off the Lakers. That was pretty exciting. Um, but nevertheless, like I'm not, you know, so I'm not biased at all. Um, but 64th is a little crazy. And here's the thing. If you're going to tell me that you're putting him at 64 because he doesn't play defense, fine. But you can't tell me that and then have James Harden at number eight. Like, James Harden's, like, offensive game is outstanding. Um, but we can't pretend like there's there's this this that much of a difference between what he does offensively and what Mello does off on the offensive end. And there's virtually no difference on the defensive end. Um, like, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say that like Mello's better than Harden or anything crazy like that. I'm merely pointing out that if you're going to put one at number eight, you can't have the other guy at 64 and then use the excuse that he doesn't play defense. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't jive. Um, and then furthermore... These are just – we're not going to go through the whole list because we got a lot of topics to talk about. But these are just some of the some of the little things that I found interesting just in uh, their breakdown of number 11 through number 30. Um, so first things first, they got they got um, DeMarcus Cousins as the, as the fourth best center in the league, uh, projecting him to be the fourth best center in the league behind – 
uh, Carl Anthony Towns, which I can I can get that. Um, right. Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, uh, who I love. Like, I love the way Nikola Jokic plays. But we think he's going to have a better season than DeMarcus Cousins. Um, Rudy Gobert, I love the way he plays. But he is a one-dimensional player. He does not score the basketball. Like, and that's the thing. And Jokic is not known for his defense. Like, Jokic is, like, almost almost exclusively known for his offense and, and uh, you know, one of the big things is his passing ability as a big man, but that's that's also kind of what Cousins is known for, and I I would say that Cousins is is you know a little better uh, of a defender, at least has proven to be up to this point. Um, and then you've even got things like uh, you got Gordon Hayward at twenty, uh, ranked ahead of of um, Kyrie Irving at twenty five. Um, does anybody really think that Kyrie Irving's not the best player on that team? Uh, um, and then just one more, just to throw this out there, and I, I hope Jawan uh, uh, gets a chance to call in because I, I really want to hear his thoughts on this. Is they got Kyle Lowry ranked at twenty first, twenty first best player in the league, Kyle Lowry. Jawan, get, get call in before we get through this topic because I got to hear your thoughts. But Joel, in the meantime, just as a basis. Um, you know, before before you called in, I was I was basically saying I don't believe in preseason rankings in general. I think it's stupid that they do it for college football uh, preseason because it always everything just goes all kinds of up and down throughout the first like seven eight weeks of the college football season, and then we kind of start to get into something that makes a little more sense. I think they should just wait and do rankings then. Um, now, of course, those rankings actually matter. These don't really matter. Um, but what do you think about the ranking process? Um, and, and what do you just think about, uh, like, what, what do you think ESPN's criteria is in, into putting these rankings in and, and just your basic thoughts on it in general? Uh, I'm just, just based on what you've, what I've heard, cause I haven't really sat through the whole list. Uh, I kind of want to now that I'm looking at it, uh, now that I'm hearing about it, but I, I would, I don't want to say this to be mean or anything, but it just seems to me like it's, a, it's like a bias. I don't know. I like, was there a lot of, was this like a list of like, um, like was this like a group choice thing or was this one person writing it? I heard there was like more than one person that was involved making up this list. It, it was supposedly a lot of different people who work for ESPN. Oh, wow. Shit. I think they're showing, their bias is showing, you know what I mean? A little bit on the nose on certain areas because, yeah, that's crazy. That's like some of these. Like what the? Obviously, the mellow one I think is the most egregious. It's ridiculous. I know if you're gonna rank uh, uh, Harden as a top ten player, sure that makes sense. Even though they're very similar, Harden's right now just a better offensive player. He's younger. He's a better passer. He's a better passer. Also, yeah, that's right. I mean, a he's passer. a better passer. He also turns the ball over a shit ton more. Um, and, and there's no argument to be made that he's any better of a defensive player than Carmel Anthony. There's zero no, argument there. No, there is no argument for that at all. I mean, they're, they're similar in that regard. That's why him going to Houston is going to be one hell of a team, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I don't look, I don't hate the whole Kyle Lowry at 21 thing. I think it's a little high, but um, that, that's not, that doesn't stand out to me as much as the mellow one. Uh, the fact that Lonzo Ball's in front of him and, and he hasn't even played a game yet. Um, DeMarcus Cousin is the fifth. 
The fifth? Fourth. Fourth. Fourth? Oh, my. Fourth sitter. The, the, the only argument to be made is Carl Anthony Towns. That's that's it. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, can, I can I can I just me now. I finally found it. <laughs> but yeah, that's ridiculous. I have Demar. I have Demarcus as number one, but I could definitely uh, see the argument for Carl Anthony Towns. Like you said, uh, Rudy Gobert is a one-sided guy. I like him a lot, but like for me, I can't. I can't say that he's he's better than fucking. He doesn't have the offensive game that that Cousins has. You know what I mean? Um, right. Who else uh, in front of him? Who they put? Up? They put. Oh, uh, Jokic is like a fantasy all star. I mean, that has to be where they put him up there. Uh, he has like he like last year he ended the, the the year with a bang. So I understand why they have him so high. But to say he's better than Demarcus Cousins already, I can't put him there yet. I mean, if he could repeat and like mm-hmm. average a triple, you know, that's different. If he could go out and average a triple double as a center, he's got my money and he's definitely better. But until he could do that consistently. I can't say he's better than fucking DeMarcus Cousins. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the one thing I got is uh, definitely Carlton Towns you can make an argument for, but he's also not the best defender, so they're kind of similar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like people – I think people kind of forget that, that, um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is, is kind of a little slow-footed, like a little, a little yeah. which is why when everyone was saying that, that Laurie Markkinen was the guy to pick for them, I was like, wait, you want to pair up – one seven-foot slow-footed guy with another seven-foot slow-footed guy in this fast-paced NBA? No, that doesn't make any sense. It's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, I'll say this. I'm looking at the list now. Can't argue with the top three. That they got right. Yeah, that they got right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean that that was really my thing. Like, I, I I definitely feel like they got one, two, and three right. I mean, I think, um, I think that's definitely true. But here's a, here's another thing I wanted to mention about Cousins too. That Cousins dropped like twenty twenty five pounds in the off season, like slimmed down so he could be his foot speed could get better. He could be more efficient. You know, like that that's that's I mean, I, I guess I kind of get it in the sense of like. You don't know how well he's going to gel with this team, but but like, is that like, I don't, I just don't know what all these kind of different factors go into the list. And I definitely think, um, back to your point about bias, it definitely seems like there's a bias of how good the team is. Um, just looking at a lot of these players, like they don't have very many players on bad teams. And there, you know, there are definitely some great players on bad teams. Um, like, to not even put D Wade in the top 100, like, oh, yeah, that's that's just crazy. And the only thing that I can think of is like, because he plays on the Bulls, and everyone knows the Bulls are going to suck this year. But that doesn't mean Dwayne Wade's going to suck this year. That's like projection. They're just projecting that they're going to be this this player this year, and he's probably not mm-hmm. going to have a good year. Cause- Probably end up getting cut, or not cut. He's gonna probably end up getting bought out and leaving to go to a playoff team where he's probably not gonna be as like have a big ass role. But he's gonna play a role, you know. So Wade's probably not gonna have a big a great year. It doesn't make him not does not him not a good player. You know what I mean? So he's still a great player in his own right. He's getting old. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I I just I don't think there's any way that I could sit down and come up with a list of a hundred players that I feel like are better than Dwayne Wade. Even at this point in time, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Like I'm looking at it now, I'm like I don't see it. Like Chris Dasper, I think is 22. I love that. I don't know if it's true, but I love it. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have as much gripe with that as as I do some of the others. Like I I think just Kyrie Irving at 25, I think is a little crazy. Um, like, but behind Mike Connolly, like, don't get me wrong, I I love Mike Connolly, and it's a it's a fucking travesty that he's never made an All Star game. Um, but oh, I mean, exactly. am I am I taking Mike Connolly over Kyrie Irving? No, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not. not. I like Mike Connolly, but like, no, I'm not. I'm just not. Or or Kyle Lowry for that matter. Like, I'd probably take Connolly. No. I'd probably take Mike Connolly over Kyle Lowry. But I'm not taking either one of them over Kyrie Irving. Like, Word. it's just crazy, man. I mean, you know, it it was it was bound to uh, it was bound to to happen that you know they would um, you know they would they would have these these rankings and everybody's going to have a different take. I just feel like my biggest thing is I just don't understand. Um, the the process with which uh, they came up with these rankings, uh, but hey, we got Jawan on. He made it in. Uh, Jawan, what do you think about Kyle Lowry being voted the by ESPN analysts the 21st best player in the NBA? Well, obviously, you guys know that immediately uh, makes ESPN lose credibility in my eyes. Uh, <laughs> no, but honestly, <laughs> well. Well, that was the icing on top of the cake. But, um, uh, Kyle Lowry, that that's way too high. I'm I'm sorry. I'm 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 sorry. Uh, to me, they got him ahead of Kyrie going, Irving. They got him ahead of Mike Connolly, just like other point guards, you know. I'm sorry. Um, the reason why Kyrie, uh, not Kyrie. I'm sorry. Kyle Lowry will never be top thirty for me. Um, is because he does not show up. In uh, in postseason, he doesn't. And I'm sorry, you can't you can't put someone that high on the list, especially above a guy who hit a game winning, not a game winning like buzzer beater, but a game winning shot in the finals. The guy Kyrie has yeah. a ring. You know what I'm saying? Last couple mm-hmm. times Melo was in the playoffs, Melo showed up. It's not Melo's fault his team didn't show up. Melo showed up in the in the playoffs. So for you to rate a guy who has consistently failed in the playoffs like not not as far as his team success because I don't put you know what the team does on his shoulders I'm just talking about just him he always comes up short always last couple of times Melo's been in the playoffs he's either lost to Kobe or LeBron or the Pacers you know so it's you know what I'm saying so it's not one of those things to where it's like he gets there and scrubs are knocking him out or he gets there and he doesn't show up so I, I I don't get that, and you guys know I, I'll never be high on uh, Kyle Lowry ever. I I don't yeah. see what his great intangibles are, um, and I wouldn't even put him in top. I don't know if I could think of ten point guards better than him, but I'd really try. Um, but he's definitely not better <laughs> than Melo, or um, he's not better than Melo or Kyrie. That is very disrespectful. Well, and the, um, well, and the other thing too is I don't like. How many people really think he's the best player on his team? Like I, I, w- I would pick Demar Derozan, who they have 39th on this list. I know. That's crazy. Wait a minute. Wait, what? Yeah. All right. So yeah. evidently, evidently, since ESPN, I'm, I'm pretty sure won't be here in like 15 to 20 years. Is that a point where they're just doing clickbait? That's all I can attribute this to. <laughs> he's not even the best player on his team. How is he rated that high? What is this based off of? 
as a fandom, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, I see. I see. I mean, this yeah. is a guy who I can't remember the last time he led in points. Um, I can't remember the last time he led in assists, steals. You know what I'm saying? He's never been the number one team in the Eastern Conference. So it's just it's so many things that go into it. I'm just like, how are you rating this guy this high? And then what really made me think that that, that they're possibly losing credibility is you have uh, that ball kid who hasn't even played a single NBA game over Carmelo Anthony. Really? Yeah. Right. Come on. Is, is no one even watching Hoodie Mellow out there? Like, come on, man. Really? Hoodie I mean, I, I won't even argue. I won't even argue with how low they have Mellow. The last couple of seasons, even though I'm pretty sure he's still been averaging at least 20 points. Uh, yeah, the yeah, last definitely. few seasons, I can see. I, right. So these last couple of seasons, because of the Knicks' lack of success, I can understand why and, he would take a dip. But if you're telling me that Kyle Lowry. Whatever the fuck right. Is, are you right. But if you're telling me that Lonzo Ball and Kyle Lowry and guys like that are better than Carmelo Anthony, I'm sorry. I just really don't think whoever did this uh, ranking or, or list or whatever either watches basketball or maybe they were just picking their favorite players and they don't really watch Melo. But this is a guy oh, yeah. how's, who. How's this? Well, how's this, too? Wait, wait. LaMarcus Aldridge is 45, so, oh, like, they got right, LaMarcus right, Aldridge yeah. almost 20 spots ahead of Melo, too. That's crazy. <laughs> Go ahead, Joel. You want to say something, Joel? I was looking at Kyle Lowry's stats to see if he, how he compares this, because I know you're, like, shitting on him, so I wanted to give him some love. He did average the same amount of points as Carmelo this year, 22.4 points a game. Um, you know what's crazy, though? You know what's what? crazy, though? What? That's really easy to do when you're playing along another all-star because if they double him, you can get off. Melo had to do that with the Przingis, who's still learning the game, and kind of Derrick Rose, who was here in that. Like, Melo, that team was never really in a position to be in the playoffs after, like, Christmas. So, Melo was just really, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, all, all I'm saying is, I'm not discrediting Not to mention, that. Not I, I, to mention I, I, he was having to play in an offense that doesn't cater to his skill set. Exactly. And they don't ha- they're they not going to have to do that this year. So that's another exactly. thing that I feel like just was overlooked by ESPN. Yeah. And playing on a team whose who's, uh, upper management decided to shit on him every other week. So, I mean, right. a lot went into this guy still showing up, still doing his job, never once coming out of his mouth crazy about the organization, showing up every night to play and play hard. I just – I don't get that from Kyle Lowry. I get a guy who wanted to play well enough to get a good contract. Now that he has it, I promise you guys, I promise you, he will not be a top five – top ten is a stretch. I don't want to be that disrespectful because I can't think of oh, you're ten really point good. guards better than Kyle Lowry. But I will say he will not be. I mean, a top it's close though, man. This year, it's close. I mean, it it really depends because it depends on how you look at a point guard. Because I feel like a lot of teams are running two point guard sets nowadays. Like, mm-hmm. if you ask me, I would put like both. I would consider like both Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum point guards, um, and right. I would consider both of them better than him. I would consider both Harden and um, and uh, and Chris Paul point guards. 
after the way Harden played last season. They're both better than him. Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot. There's there's a lot of point guards in the league. So I mean, yeah, I I, I probably would would say he wouldn't make it, depending on how you're gonna how you're gonna deviate what a point guard is. But like, uh, it, it, would, it would even be close. I mean, it would be close. He well, would, he would, said, be, he would have a right around number 10. Well, that's why I said 10 might be a little disrespectful, but I, I can guarantee you he will not be a top five point guard in the NBA this upcoming he's season. He's never been one, though. I don't really no. – No, but, what I, but, that's, but that's my point. For you to put him that high means that you must regard him as a top five point guard in the NBA. If he's above Kyrie – who is a top-five point guard in the league, you must yeah. have him in high regard as far well, as what do. you think he could do. Well, that's what um, I'm saying. I don't believe – like, I'm not saying this is, like, breaking news. I'm saying this, like, <laughs> for them to put him that high on the list, you're you're telling yeah. us that you see him as a top-five point guard that he'll never be. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I got the list in front of me. So here's from 50. All right, better than, he's better than Patrick Beverly. He's better than George Hill. He's better than Ricky Rubio. I don't know if he's better than Goran Dragic. I, that's like a, almost a coin flip. That's like a kind of a coin flip to me. What do you all think? Yeah, I would say um, similar. See, I don't know. Similar. The only edge I give is Dragic, I feel like if he has the moment, he won't squander it. He has this mental toughness that I've always loved about him. Um, there's just, there's really, just really a, a level. No. <laughs> no, no, no. There's just a level of competitiveness I that I don't consistently see from Kyle Lowry. That it has always bothered me about him. It's not. I I'm not Kyle saying Lowry like this guy can't underrated by you a lot, in my opinion, because I've always no, liked Kyle I, since like his Memphis days. That goes back, <laughs> like no, all the way back to me. Then. To me, to be one of the top point guards, even top ten, I'll say. I always thought you'd have to have – because I know a lot of point guards don't have the full package where they're looking to get 10 assists and 10 points, you know, whatever. But you at least have to have this mental toughness that when your team needs you, you can come up up big. I kind of feel like I could get more of that from Drogic than I can from Kyle Lowry. But you're asking for – I just don't think Drogic has been – Players have in general. Say it again. I said you're looking for an X factor that a lot of players just don't have in general. It's not just him. It's just a lot of players. No, it's, don't it's not just him. Clutch. clutch factors is not an easy thing to have. Some people just don't have it. Right, right, right. But, I, but, but that's what, I think that's what Juwan is saying. By him being ranked number 21, obviously yeah, ESPN thinks he does have it. His, I'm not arguing that yeah. he should be 21. I'm just arguing that he's not a scrub. He's making make him sound like he's a scrub. <laughs> no, no, I, I, well, I did. I didn't say he was a scrub. I just said might as well because have. Nick Nick <laughs> asked. No, no, Nick asked. Nick asked. Nick made the point that dra- between Dragic and Kyle Lowry, it's kind of right there. And I said I give the edge to Goran Dragic because I feel as though that that level of competitiveness is higher like with him I than it, it is Kyle Lowry. But I mean, it's no different. That's no different than me saying I feel as though Przingis' level of comp- uh, competitiveness is higher than Lamarcus Aldridge's. That's not me discrediting what Lamarcus Aldridge can do. That's just me saying if you're asking me who would I take, um, I'd take Przingis over Aldridge. So I'm not saying Kyle Lowry 
is, you know, George Hill's better than him. I'm not even saying Goran Dragic is necessarily better than him. If you're asking me who would I take, the level of competitiveness from one I favor over the other. That is not me yeah, saying right. he's trash. I've never said he's trash. I just no, right. I don't have him that high. Yeah, come on, y'all. He never he never said Kyle Lowry is trash. He just said the Toronto Raptors were trash. So like, let's be clear yes. about that. <laughs> um, yes. uh, okay, just a couple yes. a couple other point guards of note. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, um, also uh, Kimball Walker, um, Isaiah Thomas. Um, you know, I mean. Uh, so I mentioned C.J. McCollum. I know he's you know really a shooting guard for that team, but I mean he plays. He's their back. He he's their backup point guard when Dame they they swap off playing point guard. Like when Dame's not on the floor, he's playing point guard. For um, Nick. So I Nick. mean, those are just some other names like uh, that. I think Let's you go. can make an argument for, and if you got that many names that you can make an argument for, I think I think Nick. that's something there. Yes. I wanted to ask you and Joel this. If he were healthy, would we take Kyle Lowry over Eric Bledsoe? If Eric Bledsoe was healthy, would we take uh, him? Well, well, here's the thing. Like, I, I love Eric Bledsoe. Um, he does have health concerns, um, but I think he's highly underrated, um, and he's not necessarily unhealthy. Um, he, they shut him down at the end of last season because they were tanking. Like, they didn't need to shut him down. They were tanking, and they were like, well, we can just – Day, you know he's not 100 percent so you know we're gonna we're gonna put him on the side but he does have he does have a, a slight history um but yeah i mean i probably would lean towards bledsoe man he plays he's a great defender he's a great defender mm-hmm. um probably what what would you say like top three maybe four defensive point guard in the nba i mean definitely behind yeah. chris paul um but on that patrick beverly level um, like very, very tenacious defender. He's a great passer. Um, he's not a great shooter. He's not a great shooter. Um, like at least from deep, he's a, he's a good mid range shooter, but he's not definitely not known for his three points. Um, I think I think last year he shot around thirty five percent. I want to say from three, um, maybe a little higher, um, but somewhere in that ballpark. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think I would take take him. I think I would. I, I, think I would rather have Bledsoe. And the thing is, Bledsoe is like four years younger. So there's yeah, that yeah. too. And Kyle Lowry is also Joel. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So I mean, that, that's that's all I'm saying. So because I know a lot of people are going to listen to this and just go, out. huh? I feel obligated to defend him. That's all I'm saying because I feel like you're really like going at him. So I feel like I should. I should. <laughs> someone should defend. I'm such. I'm such an instigator, man. I like. I just throw it out there and just sit back and laugh and watch. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, look. I'm glad you did bring that up because I I was heated about going into this conversation. I was only really heated about uh, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> you furthered my my anger by telling me this Kyle Lowry stuff. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, basically, I think we're all kind of in agreement. Like, preseason rankings are stupid, especially to try to rank 100 players. Um, like, I think that's the lesson to learn from it. And, uh, you know, like, I know a lot of times the, the media is like, well, if the list doesn't matter, why do you, you know, why are you offended? Like, yeah, of course these guys are offended. Like, like I would be too. 
like if I was out there competing, playing my ass off, and like you know the the worldwide leader in sports came out and said I was the 64th, I was only the 64th best player right. in the league, I would be pissed. Or, so I don't I don't blame I don't blame the players for like speaking up and saying like that's that's some fucking garbage like they talk so. like if they didn't get ranked they wouldn't get offended if they were the hundredth hundredth best uh, beat writer or hundredth best uh, reporter or whatever that would hurt that hurts your feelings no that's your job right <laughs> yeah exactly and that's well, that's what it is in a nutshell and we we don't we don't ask. Like we don't care enough to read about the hundred best reporters, so that article is not going to be written. Like no one gives a shit. But people care about NBA basketball. They care what you know what where where you know the players care where they're ranked. The fans care where the players are ranked. Like that's just that's that's the difference. There's other people who care about it, not just not just the people that they're critiquing and reviewing and prognosticating, as Stephen A. Smith would say. Yeah, but I mean, so, honestly, the the biggest thing is they don't ever really make it a hundred percent clear what goes into these rankings. Like, what makes yes. Kyle Lowry yeah. better than Kyrie? Oh, or what I, makes uh, Lonzo Ball projected to be better than Carmelo Anthony? They don't really go into Ball. detail on it. <laughs> Levar Ball, I'm sorry. Um, they don't really go into it that much. <laughs> no, huh? it is Lonzo. His name oh, is Lonzo. Lonzo Ball. It's Levar that puts him over. That's why. Oh yeah. <laughs> So they don't really go into ball of brand. So if you're a player, so if you're a player and you're checking the rankings and you look and you're like, wait a minute, I've been in the league like 13, 14 years. You're telling me this rookie is, is better than me? He hasn't even played a game yet. So right. to some players, that just comes off absurd because, like I said, they don't really explain what goes into these rankings. They just rank them, and then they're like, here. Right. <laughs> and then they expect players to go. Oh, it's, you know, it's okay. I'll just come out and have a really good de- season and prove them wrong. No. How the hell are you putting the rookie ahead of me? <laughs> well, like, not to mention, it does have it does have the kind of almost the, the stench of, like, you know, like when you're in high school and you had to put a report together at the last minute and you just threw some shit together and, like, turned it in and you were like, man, I, I hope I get, like, a B or a C, like – like that's what it feels like. I mean, I'm not saying that's what they did. It's just got that kind. Of, like, there's just so many different anomalies that you can point out with it, as you were saying, Juwan. Like, the criteria is so unclear. It's so vague, um, and there's not really a whole lot to back it up. So, yeah, off a click, off a click. Yeah, yep. I agree. Well, that's why. That's why I think uh, in a few years, Fox will probably take over ESPN. Oh God. Please, like, spare me that. I, that would be terrible. I, I, I cannot, I cannot listen to Jason Whitlock, man. Don't even get me started. Um, oh, no, no, but no, no, anyway, no. Jason Whitlock is disgusting to me. But go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, Colin's all right. He's, 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 he loves LeBron a little too much, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Let's move on. We, we, we've already taken up 30 minutes on our first topic, so. Um, which I, I loved. I'm glad we did because that, that was actually a lot of fun discussing that. Um, but all right, let's get to it. The Kyrie Irving interview. Um, just let's just kind of take it for 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 what it is. What's your biggest takeaway from this interview? Um, like what what do you think of of his responses to the questions? And um, like what's the what's the thing that stood out the most to you, uh, Joel? Uh, he said a whole lot of nothing. That's what I got a lot of that. I mean, he he spoke and he kind of 
didn't really answer a lot of the questions, and he kind of backtracked. And I w- it was weird. It was a very weird interview. I was like, why did you even go there if you weren't going to be clear about what you were going to say? You feel me? Like if you if you listen to it, it's like he's like, I understand. Look, I understand if he wanted to leave for whatever whatever reasons. He just never stated. Like he went there and didn't really say why he left. You know, it's like. I just want to leave because I don't want to leave. I'm like, that's fine. I mean, if that's what it is, just say it. But he never really came out and just said that. He just kind of beat around the bush about it. And it was just the weirdest – it was a weird interview for me. It kind of – it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly kind of get where you're coming from there. See, I, I I feel like maybe just for me I was able to read between the lines a little bit, and I kind of felt like right. I did get a clear picture of what he was saying. But before I go into it, Juwan, what did you think – what kind of stood out the most to you about it? Um, I completely understood what he was saying. I understood why he was so vague. You're about to go to a brand new team. Last thing you want your new teammates thinking is um, you're 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 willing to openly um, shit talk the team you just left and the team that had the best player in the league. So if you're openly okay, willing, <laughs> if you're openly willing to leave the best the best player in the world then, um, you know, what what is Boston supposed to think after next year? Like, oh, well, you know, maybe he might be upset playing with Gordon Hayward and bounce. Um, so I kind of understand you, you trying to protect that. Um, biggest thing I got from it is Kyrie obviously woke up one day and was like, do I want to be known as the guy, um, you know, just the guy that won championships with LeBron, or do I want to be known as the guy who led a team myself? to a championship because he's obviously the best player on the uh, Boston Celtics oh. right now. Um, mm-hmm. Some might say that's debatable. I, You know, if they want to have that conversation. ESPN would argue that, with you. But <laughs> ESPN would argue with me. Um, so, I mean, I understand that. And another thing we have to remember, we have to remember who the, uh, who the guy Kyrie looks up to is. Kobe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we had the same issue with Shaq. It was, oh, you know, Kobe won with Shaq, you know, or, or, or you know, Kobe won because of Shaq rather than um, rather than people appreciating Kobe uh, for doing what he did. So he probably told Kyrie, hey, listen, man, I don't blame you. I had the same thing one day when I woke up. I was like, I kind of want to establish my legacy as the guy rather than being part of, you know, something else with another the guy. So, I mean, I, com- I completely understood it. What stood out to me the most was when he said, um, when Stephen A. Smith asked him, uh, did he think it was right that he didn't call LeBron uh, before deciding that he wanted to be traded? And honestly, he doesn't owe LeBron shit. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are going to say, you know, these guys have been playing together for a few years. Least he could have done was tell him that um, he was going to, you know, uh, request a trade. I-, I don't think he owes him that. Because I honestly don't think if LeBron, at the end of this season, if Kyrie had stayed, LeBron would have necessarily sat him down and went, you know what, I'm going to go to L.A. You know, I hope you're cool with that. I hope it's okay. Right. I'm going to go over to L.A. So That's I, the main reason I don't he, care. He doesn't, he doesn't owe anyone anything. And um, I honestly don't think he necessarily had that, that sit down with Dwayne Wade when he went back to Cleveland. Absolutely. Um, so so I don't sure think did. in that – I don't think in that case Kyrie's owing LeBron an explanation for shit. Uh, it's his legacy he's worried about, which he should be. If he doesn't want to, if he wants to be known as the guy who led a franchise to a championship, 
you can't do that playing with LeBron because it'll always be just LeBron's team. So I did read between the lines a lot of that interview, and I understood a lot, and um, I respect him more about it. I won't necessarily disregard what Joel was saying, excuse me, because through some parts he was saying um, pretty much nothing. Uh, But I also think some of the questions were catered for him to say nothing. Um, Stephen A. Smith usually comes with harder questions. Um, I'm used to Skip Bayless being on the other side, giving even harder questions. Max Kellerman kind of was throwing some softball questions out there. So, of course, you're going to get a lot of nothings from that. But I, I really did uh, enjoy that, uh, that interview with Kyrie. Man, dogging Max Kellerman, man. Max Kellerman is my boy, yeah. dude. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, no, I, I, all, all kidding aside, I, um, I here's the thing. I, I kind of agree with both of you guys because I I did get a good bit out of that interview, um, but I also think he should. If, if you're going to go on there, you don't have to make people read between the lines. And here's what I mean. Um, and I. Two things. Well, one, he said that you know he was looking for by going to Boston, he was looking forward to playing point guard again, and he was looking forward to uh, playing less ISO ball. Um, so basically, you know, that kind of says to me he just didn't like his role on the team. Like that's what he right. was relegated to because it was LeBron's show, it was LeBron's team, and he feels like he could not mature as a player because of that. Very similar to KD. Very similar to the what, what happened, what he saw with playing with Russell Westbrook, and the reason that he, he left was because he didn't feel like he could grow as a player. Um, don't fault, don't, I don't fault him for that part of, of his decision. Um, here's the thing, though. Um, Kyrie did everything the perfectly right way. He went to the organization, he sat down, he said, look, I want to be traded. I think what I would have liked to have heard from him, because he danced around this, I, I, I gleaned it from what he was saying, but I, I, he definitely wasn't direct in saying it. I don't understand. I would not, I would not have a problem as you know, one of his new Boston teammates if he came out and he said, look, I didn't want to be I did, the, re, the main reason that I didn't want to be in Cleveland is because I didn't feel like I was being utilized to my best potential as an NBA player. And right. I didn't have – there was no certainty with the future. Like, no certainty. You had – I mean, but between David Griffin uh, being let go, between LeBron potentially leaving next year, to, you know, him, him basically, you know, being right back in the position where he was – um, like I don't, I don't think as a player on the Celtics, I would have any problem with him saying that because I would be looking at the situation saying, yeah, I would be thinking the same damn thing. Like, so I, I don't think he necessarily had to dog anybody directly, but I wouldn't have taken any sort of umbrage with him basically just calling a spade a spade and saying like, look, I didn't know what was going to happen day to day, month to month, year to year. There was no sort of stability. There was nothing that I could, you know, essentially count on from the, the the organization as a whole, and I just wanted something that was more stable, where you know I could I could have a a, a better opportunity for me to thrive. Um, I would have had a lot more respect if he had just been a little more clear in that way. But I I do think that he said that just not in those exact words, and maybe he was just 
you know, he doesn't want to, doesn't want to, you know, offend anybody or whatever, but I think what's done is done. I mean, you saying that, I just don't feel like it's going to offend anybody. And then one more thing I want to point out, because um, one thing that that we haven't mentioned yet is, like, he was apparently really upset when the when the news story leaked, like that you know it 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 hit <laughs> the hit the scene and everything else, and it's like, dude, like, why, like, wh- like, why were you that upset, like, and. And I guess I mean from from some of the reports at the time they were saying that Kyrie thought that LeBron's camp uh, you know leaked them leaked it or whatever. Who fucking right. cares? Like you wanted out, that helped you get out. So why did you care? Like you still did what was the right thing to do, which is go to the organization. Like no one's saying that your your team leaked it or anything. So like, who cares? You, you got mm-hmm. what you wanted out of it. You got out of Cleveland, and you got probably sent to the best team that you possibly could have gotten sent to in the Boston Celtics. So, like, I mean, I, I, that, I, that I, part, think I, I feel like he's being a little bit of a crybaby there about that. I don't know. Cause yeah. I, I think, and, and obviously I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. But I think the biggest issue he had was what the narrative was becoming. Um you know, less of he just wanted something of his own and more of he doesn't want to play with LeBron. Him and LeBron have beef and stuff like that. Like, the narrative got really negative. Uh, right, right, right. But, but you can take umbrage with the narrative and not be so visibly and, like, upset. I mean, upset about the story being leaked. Like, those those are those aren't necessarily, like, tied. Those, those can... Can I mean, exist on two separate planes, you know. No, I un- I understand that, but said he did everything the way he should have. He went to the organization, said I don't I don't want to be here. So when when you hear the next day that that story's out, you kind of get a little peeved because you're like, who you know? How did this get out if the only person I went to was the organization? So then yeah, here's the other thing too. It, it was like LeBron. it was it was like two or three weeks before it got out though. Like you're not gonna no, no, keep no, no, a no. story that big under wraps for. The, I'm I'm right. super no, no, surprised no, no, no. they kept it under wraps for that long. I wasn't saying that. I was saying in regards to if the only person you told was the organization. The organization obviously told LeBron. Obviously, that that that's just purely obvious. So mm-hmm. if the organization told LeBron, and then LeBron's camp came out and, 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 you know, gave the media that story, that's a huge issue. Now, if you, if you had an issue of, like, maybe someone in the organization, uh, you know, Stephen A. Smith made a phone call to someone in there, and someone, you know, gave him, like, oh, I, I'm, I'm thinking Kyrie might be on the outs with Cleveland, and the media took that themselves and, and twisted that into a story of their own, that's different. But I think his biggest issue is, how the narrative got out and who the narrative got out from. Um, yeah, but I, I, I don't I disagree feel... with you that he shouldn't have been that upset about it, but I can understand how you doing the right thing. And then a few weeks later, the narrative is completely different than what happened, how you could be a little peeved. I do agree that he shouldn't have been that upset, but I can understand how he would be a little upset um, about well, how the here's... story came out. Okay, but here's my thing too. The 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 story was kept like the 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 what it was ongoing with him requesting a trade was kept under wrap for at least two weeks, uh, maybe more, but at least two weeks. 
um, before it actually came out. In those two weeks, Cleveland's got to be calling other teams to say, hey, we're thinking about shopping Kyrie. What, you know, what are you going to give us? Like, that, that story could have got out from any GM who was called across all of the other teams, and it would actually be in those GMs' interest to leak the story, to try and put the heat on them. I just don't get how, like, it, it felt like the way that he was reacting felt personal, and if it – if if he looked at it from a logical perspective and said, well, you know, it was probably like a GM who leaked it. It was two weeks, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. I, he, I don't think he would have taken it that personally. I definitely think there's some credence to um, Woj's reporting, I think it was Woj, um, that Kyrie felt like LeBron's camp leaked the info. And I just don't get that. I don't know why LeBron's camp would do that. It makes no sense for them to do that. And, and and it doesn't like and it does it makes so much more sense for one of the other GMs who is being called around the league to make a quiet phone call to Stephen A. Smith or Woj or anybody and for that to be the way that this story got out. You're just not gonna keep something like that under wraps. Um, no, and I, I agree long. with you. I agree with you. I'm just saying because Kyrie even said this. He even said, um, "Did you hear me say anything?" Like, you didn't hear anything from me. You heard stuff from, you know, guys you assume are in my circle or guys from other circles. You didn't hear anything from me. So I think a lot of the, uh, you know, the storylines that were coming out were more interested in creating the narrative than actually getting a conversation from him uh, himself. That's Like, a lot of things probably went into it. I understand what you're saying. But from his point of view, I'm assuming – it probably didn't seem uh, – it was the most illogical situation after that, that two weeks. So it probably to him didn't seem like, oh, this is probably just some organization creating drama. To him it was like, all right, well, me and LeBron kind of had a little bit of a, of a you know, uh, an issue. Um, this seems more likely it came from his camp. I do understand what you're saying um, about how it makes more sense that it came from an organization. But my last question about this is, if Kyrie didn't like the idea of possibly being a second fiddle to anybody, how is he going to feel if, and this is like a long shot, if the Celtics are able to get Anthony Davis? Like, is is that going to change him wanting to stay? I don't think so, and here's why. I... I don't think it has as much to do, and this is just this speculation because, I mean, like we've all sat here and said, you know, we were all watching the same interview and that we, some of us got some things out of it, some of us got different things. I mean, it was left, it was left up to interpretation. We'll put it that way. Um, but I still think it had more to do with him wanting to play basketball a certain way and not being able to do so and the the instability that it was there with the Cats, I don't think he would have any problem playing with Anthony Davis. I think so either. And, and another I thing, too, Anthony Davis ain't going to play point guard. That's true, too. I think it's more personal yeah. than he seemed. I mean, in that interview, he didn't say much, but he definitely alluded to a lot. Like, it, it, he's not saying a lot, but he was avoiding a lot of these questions where it's like – did he have beef with LeBron? He's not going to say that. I mean, did he have beef with people outside other than him? Because, oh, there's more than one person involved on the team. So he might have more, more right. issues than just him. So there might be more 
it might be bigger than we might expect in terms of personal reasons of why he left, which is fine. Absolutely. You know? And I mean, it, it, go ahead, Joel. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, even if you look at LeBron's history with, with point guards, um, he's always been with point guards that were, you know, obviously nowhere near the level of Kyrie. So the egos weren't theirs. You you saw how he chastised Chalmers That's during the game. You saw how he would tend to do that sometimes with Mo Williams. That shit's not going to fly with Kyrie. So I think that kind of kind of weighed on him, and he was kind of like, I, I don't really need this shit, man. I can go somewhere else. That's what he did. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think uh... – I think you got a good point there. I mean, I definitely think that, um, you know, and, and, and I, I'm glad. I think you brought you uh, brought up Shaq and Kobe, and I think that's a really good uh, kind of good parallel because I think a lot of the same thing was, you know, um, Shaq not not Kobe feeling like Shaq didn't see him as an equal. Um, and I, I feel like probably Kyrie kind of felt the same way, which is another reason why I don't think he would mind with playing with AD because I think AD would look at him as an equal, not as I'm the best and you're Little you're Robin. my Robin. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, even, even even the way that LeBron will, will talk sometimes in like press conferences, um, he'll he'll say stuff that like that. I don't know. I don't know if he realizes that he, he he's saying stuff that could be interpreted offensively. Does that make sense? Like, right. I, 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 like he'll he'll say stuff that will kind of allude to like, well, that's my little brother type of situation. And you know, Kyrie is like, we ain't blood. Like, like I'm a grown ass <laughs> man, dude. Don't don't call me your little brother. You know, and I you know I can't blame him for that. You know, like. Uh, you know, I, just because someone's, like, five years older than me, you know, or whatever, like, I wouldn't necessarily want them to be, like, you know, oh, that's my little brother. Like, yeah, you, you can say I'm your brother. Like, that's that's totally cool. But don't be like, that's my little brother. Like, no, I got two older See, brothers, think, and that's the only people who can get away with that shit. I think I think Kyrie was hoping them pairing up would, would be more like him and, like, LeBron and Wade were, where it was, like, Right. All right, we have this this level of respect for each other. I'm not going to say certain things that could come off crazy, you know, to the media about you because I have such a high level of respect for you. And I'm not saying he doesn't respect Kyrie. I'm just saying it's been shown it didn't seem like he respected Kyrie as much as he respected Dwayne Wade when he should have. Like, Kyrie's not Chalmers. You can't just talk to anybody like they're, they're Chalmers or Mo Williams or Devontae West or Antoine Jamison. Like Kyrie thinks he's Kobe. What? So you can't talk to him like he's D. Fisher. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a very, very good point. All right, well, let's move on. Um, I got a trade. I got a trade I want to throw out to y'all. And, um, oh, yeah, get ready. Get ready because I've uh, – it's another DeMarcus Cousins trade. And shit. And yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think I might I think I might have something with this one and just hear me out on it. Three team deal. Okay? Cavs, mm-hmm. Pelicans, and Suns. Alright? Um, so the Pelicans, they get Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Tristan Thompson, and Seti Osman. Now, if you're looking at the Pelicans lineup <clears throat> I think 
this unquestionably makes them at least of equal performance to what they would what they would have currently. Um, uh, now, let me let me just go ahead and run down the rest of the trade before we get into each breaking down each individual team. Um, <clears throat> the Pel- uh, the Suns, or I'm sorry, the the Cavs. Cavs get Eric Bledsoe, Demarcus Cousins, and T.J. Warren. The Suns take on the bad contract of Omer Sheik from the Pelicans. They take uh, Etwan Moore, who's not really necessarily a bad contract, but not a great one either. He's, he makes about $8 million a year, which is, you know, not bad. It's pretty about right for somebody of his caliber. Um, but the Pelicans don't need him because they have so many fucking guards right now. Um, they don't, like, they just don't, they don't need him. Um, and they get the Brooklyn 2018 first-round pick. I think there may have been one other player that I had in this trade, but I don't have it pulled up in front of me, and I can't think of him, so I don't think he's that important. Um, so, but anyway, so what you're looking at here, Suns, what did they get out of this? Uh, basically, um, they get two top five picks next year. They already made their bed. They're already planning on tanking again. They decided not to go after Paul Millsap. Um, so now they get their own pick and they get the Brooklyn pick. All of the top five players, they can draft any, any two of those five guys, they can draft and make room on their team. You basically got Booker and you've got, um, you've got uh, um, uh, Jackson. So you got Booker and Jackson. You got a few other pieces in there that that um, could be really solid role players, but I don't necessarily think you got any other like outstanding all-star level players. Um, so Luka Doncic, he could actually play the point if you needed him to. I definitely think that's well within his his grasp. Uh, any of the other guys are all capable of playing either four or five, which they could definitely utilize. Um, so I mean that that could set them up great long term, and they're not they're not going back on any sort of plan that they already would be. They already are going to tank. So if you're already going to tank, and you can turn Eric Bledsoe and T.J. Warren into a top five pick, I don't know why you wouldn't. Now for the Pelicans, Pelicans get uh, probably most importantly they get Jay Crowder. They do not have a starting small forward right now. Probably the best option that they have right now is starting Tony Allen at small forward. Um, Tony Allen's a great defender. He's a great player to have on your team. Not, he's really not a small forward. Um, and honestly, he's not like he's not known for his offense to to you know at all. So if you can get Jay Crowder, who's not only a very competent offensive player but also a great defender, um, I think that helps him out immensely. Uh, you get Isaiah Thomas, um, who is is you know awesome if he's healthy. Uh, you get Tristan Thompson to replace um, uh, to replace Cousins. Uh, so basically, um, you know, get a guy who can get in there. It's very durable. You know, he's going to probably play all 82 games. Um, and then you get Seti Osman to kind of help with that depth issue that you have at uh, at, at the small forward position. So here's what the Pelicans lineup would be looking like. Isaiah Thomas, Drew Holiday, Jay Crowder, Anthony Davis, Tristan Thompson, with a bench of Rajon Rondo, um, uh, Ian Clark, Tony Allen, Seti Osman. Uh, they just signed Dante Cunningham, so I would have him back up at the four, and then uh, Alexia Gentia at the, at the backup five. Um, 
let's just break it down like this because I know the last few trades that you that that I've thrown out, Joel, you just you've been like I'm looking at this strictly from the Pelicans uh, perspective. From the Pelicans perspective, do you think that's a good trade? Better than the last trade. Um, but I still wouldn't make the move until I know for sure it doesn't work. I mean, I'm not giving away cousins, and I'm not. If I'm the Cavs, I'm gambling. You know, it's the same shit with another team. <laughs> Just added another team to it. It's, it's it's really the same thing. I'm not I'm not making that move right now. Maybe in the mid season, maybe during trade deadline, if things don't work out and everything's looking dour, I'm about to pull the trigger. But right now, no. All right. Um, I just think you're crazy, man. Obviously, uh, well, and just another, another, uh, another small thing of, of, uh, issue. This trade actually could not be, um, could not be made until the 21st of October, which would be four days after, um, the season begins because, uh, they, uh, because of the CBA, they cannot trade, um, Isaiah Thomas or Jay Crowder in conjunction with another player until the 21st. Um, now let me just break down the Cavs real quick and then I'm going to throw it to you, Jawan. Um, to me in this situation, um, I, you know, I love Jay Crowder, you know, I do. Um, but I'm looking at this situation two different ways. One, what kind of move that I make is going to make LeBron happy. We all know LeBron and Eric Bledsoe are really, really tight. Eric, Eric Bledsoe is a terrific defensive player. Um, DeMarcus Cousins will be a huge upgrade uh, at center. Um, and I'm also looking at this. Uh, and, and then T.J. Warren, great, great uh, player to have back up LeBron James, kind of split minutes with Richard Jefferson. Um, he had a really good uh, first half of the season last season, and then uh, he had to miss some time due to like some like a concussion, I think, and he never really, never really played uh, as well after that. But I'm assuming that he's had time to get that figured out. Um, like to me, I think this team that like a team with Bledsoe, uh, Smith, LeBron, Love, and Cousins, I think that team has a better chance at beating the Warriors than what they currently have now, and this is the biggest reason why. I think that Bledsoe, it, he's obviously a better defender than Kyrie Irving or Isaiah Thomas. So you're getting better perimeter defense by by picking him up at the point guard position. Um, also, the only team that has had like really good success with beating uh, the Warriors over like the past four or five seasons is the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies did this two, two different ways by having kind of continued limited success, granted, but success. Uh, they had two bigs who could pound them inside. They controlled the pace of the game, and they had good perimeter defense. I think that would give the Cavs all three of those things. Um, Jawan, am I fucking crazy? Do you think this trade is just is just – as, as stupid as Joel thinks it is. Um, I, I've, I, I've come to the conclusion that Joel's just not a fan of trades. Uh, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not necessarily stupid. It just still doesn't solve the problem of last year. Point guard um, wasn't really their their biggest issue. Their biggest issue was no one can stop Durant. 
That's right. why Crowder is so important because you can kind of have, you know, a, a switch off with LeBron and Crowder guarding Durant to at least try to minimize um, his productivity. Now, if you're telling me you're getting rid of Crowder and it's now all back on LeBron, even mm-hmm. though them having DeMarcus in the paint does give them a huge uh, plus side. It's, yeah, it's a huge upgrade. Thank you. It's still not solving the issue of there's no one to guard Durant. There's well, no one to guard thing. Durant. Here's yep. my thing. Like, DeMarcus, and and, and I've, I've, I've thought about this, like, long and hard the past couple of days. Um do do we really think though that 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 Jay Crowder is the answer there? No, like, no, don't no, get me no, wrong. no. I love me, I me. love Jay Crowder. I love Jay Crowder. I'm no, not no. I'm not dogging Jay Crowder at all. But like, no, no, but here, hear here's, me. Here's, the, it, well, but, but, but hold on. Let me finish my point, and then I'll throw it back to you. My point is this: like, you, you're you're not going to beat them at their game. What you need to do is you need to completely reformulate how your team is going to operate. And I think you use Memphis as that that kind of that blueprint, if you will, as far as you get two bigs who can pound them inside, plus you got LeBron who can do the same thing. You slow it down. You got Bledsoe who's even way better defensive player on the wing. Um and make Steph Curry a little bit less of a threat to where you're really only focused on Kevin Durant. Um because J.R. Smith is well well competent enough to guard Clay Thompson. So like I, I'm not. I'm not saying that that it's it's. Um, I, I basically, I'm just saying they. I think they need to get a little more outside the box with how they're going to construct this team in order to take down the Warriors. At this point, and that's just what I'm afraid, just so you can get some sleep. <laughs> um, no, but that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I said I hope they make the trade so you can finally get some sleep. Oh, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for looking out. <laughs> um, no, I didn't say I hated the trade. I, I said I liked the trade. It just still doesn't solve the problem of no one can stop Durant. I didn't say Crowder can stop Durant, but if Crowder can focus on Durant, that's less LeBron has to worry about, and he can kind of give his game more to other areas rather than worrying about, oh, man, I have to drop 30 and guard Durant tonight. Like, that's a lot. Um, yeah, but if you got cousins in love working the inside, like I think you don't have to necessarily do as much offensively. Plus, you got you got Bledsoe who can take on more of the passing and everything like that. Hold on, did you just say if you got Kevin Love working the inside? Yes, (laughs) yes, that's what they need to be doing. That's when Kevin Love was great. Was when he did that, and they they've completely transformed him into. Into something that he never should have been. Like that's my I point. Agree. They're, they're they're misusing players and they're trying to build a system that that cannot you cannot the beat thing. the Warriors by trying to play them at their own game. Like you just can't do it. Thing. And by focusing on Durant, like well, we need to stop Durant. We need to stop Durant. You're not gonna stop Durant. Like you need to focus on how you can limit uh, limit his potential. Um, like what's the saying? They can't stop him. They can only hope to contain him. Like that—that's kind of what it is with him. Their biggest thing is Kevin Love has shaking confidence. That, and when they brought him in, they brought him in with the with the concept only of him becoming Bosch, and that's not yeah, who he is. Not good. That's right. not who he is. 
I Kevin agree. Love needs to be in a situation where you can give it to him in the post, he can back you down, and make you pay. That is not how Cleveland is constructed. So mm-hmm. I do not think getting a, another dominant post player <laughs> – is going to necessarily help. DeMarcus Cousins, though, being a hybrid because he can shoot from different areas of the field. Yeah, but Kevin can too. Doesn't necessarily... But here's the thing. Like, right. This is, this is my point, though. If you look at the only team, the only team that has had, albeit mild, but somewhat continued success over four years, it's the Memphis Grizzlies who utilized Zach Randolph and Mark Gasol. Like, that was how they yeah, were able – you're making you're making your point against yourself only in the regards of playing with LeBron, you're not gonna be able to get the ball and back down and get those points in the post. They're not going Why? to change completely because they're not gonna completely change how they play basketball. <laughs> yeah. Like they've 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 refused they've refused to give love the ball in the post. They've just refused to. LeBron gets it in the post. But they refuse to let Love get his bread and butter in the post. They tell him, go to, the, go to the wing, we'll kick you out the ball, and you make that open three. We don't want you in the post. So my right, thing but... is, it's really hard for me to believe that if they make this trade, which you did make a good point of, it would have to be closer to the start of the season. You're telling me closer to the start of the season, they're going to completely change their, the way they play basketball to now fit DeMarcus Cousins? I don't see how that works. That well, season. here's my thing. If you're thing. telling me this, he gets this, DeMarcus for this season and next year, I could understand it, but not that quickly to change everything well, to suit him. No, no, that's no. And this is, that's, not, that's not my point necessarily. That, like, my point is this, is that the only way that I could foresee any team beating the Warriors is by going big and being able to destroy them inside. Like, that's the only way you're going to do it. That's the only way that any team has really been able to do it. So, like, I, I, I'm saying – I'm not saying you transform the system to fit Cousins. I say you get Cousins in order to transform the system. Like, it's the other way around. I'm not saying cater to Cousins. I'm saying bring Cousins in so you can actually play that style of basketball. And that's the other thing, too. If you play that style of basketball, like, LeBron is going to have – much less fatigue. He's not going to have to run up and down the court the whole fucking game. So, like, that right, right there should, I, should help out with him guarding Kevin Durant. Right, but even that, that small logic that you're working with, why haven't they just done that having Kevin Love? If you gave mm-hmm. Kevin Love the ball in the post, it still does the same thing you're saying, but you're saying to do it with DeMarcus. Yeah. I'm saying for the past three well, or four I'm years, you could have been doing both. that with Kevin Love. Yeah, but you can't rely on Tristan Thompson at all. That's the problem. You can't no, no, rely no, no, no. on him for any I, amount of I'm offense. Saying is, all That's I'm true. saying is if you come down the court, right, give it to Love in the paint, let him see what he can do with it. If he gets stuck, he kicks it back out. LeBron does what LeBron does best. But what I'm trying to say is they have never gone to that, like ever. So if you're like, saying DeMarcus Cousins comes in and now they can do it with Cousins and Love, I'm saying – that is a scheme. That is a game scheme they have never went to. And it's hard to believe right. in that short of time they would be they able to completely turn around that to then work that offense and then that be the offense they use the rest of the season. I understand your blueprint. And I do think the best way to beat the, the Warriors, and a lot of teams are going to see this, is to go big. Dominant big. 
that's going to happen very shortly. That three game is going to start to become a lot harder um, when you're trying to defeat a team that, that's backing you down in the post and your best yep. big man is Draymond Green. I agree with that. But what I'm trying to say is I do not believe Cavs are the team you use to, to formulate that blueprint. I think mm-hmm. New Orleans may be. I think the actual Grizzlies may be if they had DeMarcus Cousins or Anthony Davis to team up with Gasol. Just uh, any other team that has dominant big men are teams I would go with to use that blueprint for. This is a team that wants to operate like the Warriors and has for like the past three or four years. It's hard mm-hmm. to believe they'll be able to completely turn that offense around to then fit well, DeMarcus and- to then gain success from it. Are you 100% certain with this trade you could defeat the Warriors? Well, you're not ever 100% certain. I'm 100% certain that your odds just went up. Well, I'm just saying, because you do this and you guys lose. They lose LeBron and DeMarcus in the offseason, and you lost your pick. Yeah. No, and I get and that. Isaiah. But, but here's the thing. If you, do nothing, if you do nothing, you're definitely going to lose. And at least what I'm thinking is this, too. Like, if you get Bledsoe in, Bledsoe and LeBron are real tight. Like, so that might that might even be, like, some kind of changing factor uh, in all of this. Plus, by making yeah. this trade, you do at least have Bledsoe and Love still on the roster. You can utilize them in some kind of rebuilding effort um, but move I'll, the trade I'll uh, <laughs> to try and move them. But, no, no, but here's one, one more point, though, because I, I didn't get a chance to address what you were saying. I, I totally okay, get what on, you're sorry. saying. I, I I do like I totally get what you're saying as far as like you just can't see the Cavs transforming their offense and I get that like and maybe I'm just crazy and and I um maybe I give them more respect than you know than uh than they deserve but like that's they have to like they have to that's the, that's the only way you're gonna stand a chance at beating them and you know if if it doesn't work and you lose DeMarcus and you lose LeBron, like at least you fucking tried, man. And it's only going to be one more year before you get a, before you get a primo lottery pick. Like, well, you I know, mean, like I, I look at it like this. That they're, they're, the I'll, Cavs, I'll put it this way: there is no way that they they go through this whole season and don't trade that pick. No, I I, I agree on on that logic. I don't think it's smart. I'm starting to kind of come around to Joel's side. I don't think it's smart to, to err on that side. There's just nothing you're going to do that's going to keep LeBron. Like, nothing. But and it's if you look like, it's at, hard it's, to draw, bring people in. Right, it's hard, it's hard <laughs> to bring people there, absolutely. Um, but I look at it like this, Nick. Before they got Durant, Warriors, with the way the Cavs were set up, the Cavs did have a really, you know, legit chance at beating them in a course of seven games. I mean, they did. Harrison yeah. Barnes wasn't an answer for LeBron. The only right. reason the Cavs cannot beat the Warriors as currently constructed, even if they do your trade, nothing is stopping Durant. So all I'm saying is for you to, to think that bringing DeMarcus Cousins in changes your odds, if your odds were at 45, it went to like maybe possibly 50, which is good odds, but still has nothing to stop Durant, who was the number one guy that stopped you from doing anything to the Warriors last year. So I no. look at it like this, yeah. and, and this, is, this, is, this is a really good point Joel made. Let's say you make your trade, right? 
Eric Bledsoe's mm-hmm. not keeping LeBron in, in Cleveland. He's just not. It, it, it'd be crazy for them to think so. He's not. So let's say LeBron goes, you lost your pick, DeMarcus goes, you have Bledsoe, J.R., uh, who, Richard Jefferson possibly if he doesn't retire, Kevin T.J. Warren, whoever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right, so. You're looking you're looking at possibly and you facing, got you got Zizich. There you go. Right. Zizich. You know you know what's going to end up happening in Cleveland cuz they're not going to hold on to love. They're going to trade no. love for a draft pick and they're going to end up rebuilding. Well, when you don't have to. They're going to try to rebuild, which you don't have to. If right now you ride the season out the way it is, right? Keep your draft pick. If you keep your draft pick, you could have a lineup if you decide to keep them of Isaiah J.R., Crowder, you know, whoever you can fill at the three, Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. That's way better, way better than having to completely blow up everything and tell the city of See, Cleveland, but, hey, but here's the, those five right, but here's years the were good. But but, wait, 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 wait. Here's the thing. Um, I'll give oh. you the draft pick. I'll, I'll give you the draft pick because that's uh, obvious. If you trade it, you don't have it. But if you keep it, you have it. Um, but you, I don't think you can assume that DeMarcus Cousins would leave, but then in the same breath assume that Isaiah Thomas might stay. Like, no, they're, no, no, they're, no. They're, they're both saying, free agents next year. Either. I'm just – There's no good outcome. I'm saying – Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> you, you might have a better chance at keeping Isaiah than you do keeping DeMarcus Cousins is, is all I'm you saying. Might. I just, you might, but you might not. I just not. don't feel like the city of Cleveland <laughs> – is necessarily something DeMarcus is going, you know what, it's the city I'd like to play for. I think DeMarcus Cousins <laughs> is 100% going to try the field. I think Isaiah is smarter now, is smarter now knowing the, the opportunities of teams that are going to sign him to this huge contract are slim. Cleveland's going to be desperate to keep someone of Isaiah Thomas's caliber after losing Kyrie. So all I'm saying is it's a it's – a, it's almost closer to a lock. They'll be more willing to not willing. Isaiah will be more willing to stay than DeMarcus would. It's 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 a shot in the dark, regardless. But even if he does, you you Man. know you do have you you, you can make a, a another um, one year deal on Rose have Rose and Calderon. Uh, you don't have to if Isaiah leaves. You're not blowing up the team completely. You still have Jr. Crowder, Love, and Tristan Thompson, and your pick. If you do what you're saying and DeMarcus goes, you're losing all that, and you don't have your pick to fall back on. Like, nothing. Yeah, you have, <laughs> no you have Eric. You, like, yeah, you already said it. You have, you have Eric Bledsoe. You have J.R. Smith. You still have him. You have T.J. Warren. You have Kevin Love. And you have Ante Zizic. That's pretty much if, – if worst-case scenario happened to that team, that's what your lineup would be. That's not – under any any estimate to be a playoff contender, absolutely not. Um, so I mean, I'll give you that. But again, my 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 point kind of goes back to is like, I feel like there's got to be something you've got to try. You can't just like, you've got to try. You've got to at least show LeBron that look, we are trying. We are trying to put a team around you that can compete with these Warriors. Like we are trying to. Uh, to make moves that, that will help uh, instead of hinder us. And really, it, it, like, if you break it down like this, let's take a step back and just look at it uh, a, a little more big picture. Okay. So you, with this deal, if you, if you did this deal, 
uh, and given what you've already done with Boston, right, you are essentially trading Kyrie Irving, Tristan Thompson, and Seti Osman. And you are getting back Eric Bledsoe, DeMarcus Cousins, T.J. Warren, and um, Ante Zizic. Like, that's, that's, that's decent return. I mean, that's better return than what you got going out, in my opinion. It's better – as a team, it's better fit to, to give the, the uh, Warriors a run for the money. That's all I'm saying. Well, I, I'm saying this. I'm saying if your motive of making this trade that possibly completely hinders your future of being competitive for, uh, for like, season. the next few years. For one it, season. You, can, you don't years, get one right? more draft pick. But you, but you, you see what I'm saying, though? You lose one draft no, no, no. pick. One draft I, pick not, is not I'm valuable not to I'm a ta- team. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the, the process of a rebuild is what I'm talking about. I understand you're saying you it's one season. Yes, that's, that's all I'm saying. You're just delaying the inevitability. Like, it's going to be a process to rebuild. It's going right. to say, oh, you know, if, if you, know, next, you know, next year we'll have the draft pick and we'll be competitive again. Like, no, that's still going to be a process. The process is what I'm talking about, not the pick. The process. You're only delaying. But what I'm saying is if you're telling me your motives of, of hindering this, is to make LeBron feel like you're doing something to help him, that's foolish. He's leaving you. Stop I, I, it. This is, stop totally it. He's leaving you. If, if you're saying, Nick, that you're doing this because you think you can almost 100% get Cousins to stay and build off of Cousins, then I, I 100% think you risk it. But if you're telling me, <laughs> as an organization, you want to do this because you think it'll help LeBron in terms of yeah. staying – He's not staying. You could bring – you could bring – I can't even think of, like, who else I could maybe, like, attribute to, but you could bring, like, someone crazy to the cast. He's just not staying. He's not staying. He does not want to stay. He does not want to stay. And this is the same kind of thing. This is the same kind of playing into his hands they did uh, when he left the first time. Just Well, not exactly. not exactly. Not exactly. Not exactly. You, you not have, actually, you not more. really even close, because that team was garbage. That <laughs> like, was garbage. I'm sorry. You have more to build off of now than you did then. But I'm saying, don't play into his hands. He's gonna leave. Let him leave. So, but so like okay. Said, so basically, just just, this, just take the guys you got and try to try to re-sign Isaiah Thomas and take the pick. So like, but that's like the yeah. opposite of what you were saying last week. <laughs> no, um, that's why I said at, at the beginning of this. That's why I said at the beginning of this, um, I was kind of seeing it more from Joel's side because I was only looking looking at it like, no, 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 trade away the future, get Cousins. He, you know, he could make yeah. a, a, a huge impact. But then I started, watching these, I started watching these NBA playbacks of the Warriors-Cavs series. DeMarcus Cousins maybe gives them a game, maybe two. They, don't, they still don't win that series. So, to me, it's like, eh. I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> that smart of an idea. I, I, I don't know. I don't know Fair if enough. I now want to do that still. Fair enough. I, I, uh, I will concede the argument then, and I will cease to, uh, cease to bring up any more DeMarcus Cousins trades. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'll to the next. 
Give us some DeMarcus to the Knicks. I'll take Oh, uh, yeah, DeMarcus. I'm sure. Joe Kim Noah. Like, <laughs> fucking hell, dude. Straight up. Um, Straight up. All right, well, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not like I don't see where you guys are coming from. I just uh, – I think you got to try something. I really do. And it's not – it's like, here's my thing. It's not – don't I'm not saying you got to try to do something to keep LeBron James. I'm saying you got to try to do something to win a championship because that's the only way you're going to keep LeBron James. Like if you mm-hmm. win a championship, I don't think he leaves. I just don't think he, it happens. Like if you let if me you let go, me ask you this. Yeah, let I me agree. ask you this. When he was when he was with the Heat, if they had won that last year instead of getting blown out by a record margin by the Spurs, you really think he's staying? Yes, I, think so. I really think he would have stayed. Absolutely, I think so. I don't because only reason I say that is because his reasons for wanting, even if he did well, stay, it wouldn't no, no, have no, been no, no, the rest well, of his do you career. Mean, do you mean his real? Do you mean his real reasons, or do you mean like what he wrote on uh, on the no, players' no, 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 tribute? No, his real reasons. His real okay, reasons. Okay, okay. Not, yeah, not, I got not you. what he wrote. Not what he wrote. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you that. Yeah, because he wanted to, because he wanted to get a younger squad, and he wanted to, to play with Kyrie Irving, and he knew that they could bring in Kevin Love, and he could get himself a new big three um, that wasn't, right. you know. Yeah, and and I get that, but see, that's the thing. I like, I don't think his brain would have necessarily gone there had they just won the championship, and maybe maybe it would even if they won it this year. But like, let me ask you this. Um, let's say, and I and and I know this is just like speculation because. Like even with that squad, like don't don't get me wrong, I'm still favoring the Warriors. Like I'm not saying that squad, I'm all of a sudden now favoring the Cavs. I just think they have a a, a much much higher chance of of uh, competing against the Warriors and potentially winning. But let's say um, you win a championship, LeBron leaves, Cousins leaves, um, and you're you know rebuilding with you know the guys we discussed earlier. Is winning a championship worth giving up that number one pick? I, I'm like, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but <laughs> no, yeah. like like I said, I I get you. Like I said, if if you change your motives for wanting to do that, then I'm then I I could kind of sleep a lot better with it. But if you're telling me your motives are to keep LeBron, that yeah. kind of makes me a little nervous because I don't think anything well, is keeping like LeBron. Well, like I said, back. I think. Like I said, I think the only way that you keep LeBron is winning a championship. But you're not winning a championship with the squad you got. You're just not. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. If you get this squad, I think you at least increase your odds by 25%, you know, at, yep. at least. Cause right, and, and granted, still, still, I mean, right now I'm giving them no chance. So you still have a 75% chance of losing. So I know, like, I get what you guys are saying. It's too big of a risk. Um, but just for my money, I, I would do it. I would, I would, I would go down swinging, man. That's just my, that's my grit. That's the Southern roots, man. Okay. Fuck it. Make that trade, bro. Do what now? So you should buy NBA 2K18. You could do that trade every day, all day, and make yourself happy. <laughs> a championship for Cleveland. One time. <laughs> Um, no man, I I would play for OKC. I, I man, that's what I, that's what I'm hoping. I man, I fucking because I I would beat the Warriors with OKC in 2K18. I'll tell you that much. Oh, uh, all right. Well, let's move on, guys. We got about 35 minutes left, and I have rambled on about my trade nonsense for for long enough at this point. 
Um, let's uh, let's get into some ref- some draft lottery reform and player rest reform. Let's do the draft lottery first. Um, essentially, Woj is reporting that they would like to change the system, um, and the and the reported figures are the top three teams would have a 14% chance of getting the first overall pick. Um, the number one team could not fall lower than five, number two lower than six, et cetera, et cetera. Currently, it's constructed where the number one team has a 25% chance, number two has about a 20% chance, and then number three has about a 15.5% chance respectively, to get those picks. Number one can't fall more than four, uh, two to five, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so essentially, um, they're decreasing the odds of all of the um, three worst teams by a large margin, especially for one and two. Um, and uh, I, I, we don't have the figures for what four through 11 would um, So it could be that they're decreasing the odds for – a longer way down that chain for, you know, all all the teams and increasing the odds of, you know, those teams that set from maybe 10 to 14. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> I think it's too drastic. Um, and here's why. Here's, like, here's my point of why I think it's too drastic. Um, if you told me, like, they were going to do this and it was going to – we were going to phase into it over the course of the next like three or four seasons and say four, three, even three seasons from now, we would do it. Um, but that's not what they're saying. They just want to go ahead and implement it. And this would happen in straight up in 2019, like where I think it should be maybe 2021. Um, and then just have the odds go down a little bit each year until we get there. Um, I don't think it's fair, and of course I'm biased because my team is going to suck, <laughs> and I want I want a good pick. But like I, I still th- th- think I would feel this way regardless. I don't think it's necessarily fair to implement a system that changes that drastically, that quickly, to teams that just made the decision to rebuild. Like that's not fair to the Bulls. It's not fair to the Hawks. It's not fair to the Kings. It's not. There's just. There's a ton of teams that that, is, that does a huge disservice to, um, and I, I feel like it's too much too soon. Um, Joel, you mentioned to me that you you didn't hate it. I think it's what you said, which is like your catchphrase. <laughs> uh, what what are your what are your thoughts on the draft lottery reform? With you know, kind of the points that I just laid out. I like it. Uh, I don't. I definitely don't hate it. Um, um, right, I, I agree with you though. I, I don't think it should be done right away because you're right. A lot of these teams already decided. Let's take the talent. Let's think if they did it like last year and the Sixers are in the middle of their process. You know that would suck for them. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. um, right now, like you say, in like two or three years, they do implement it. I think it works good because in the end, look. First of all, Knicks suck at like they just suck at like. It's like they can't even suck. It. It's, it's, <laughs> they like can't they even can't, win the fucking lottery. <laughs> that's what I mean. They can't even tank right. So it's like, at least if they have a better chance, if they fall to three, it's not that bad anymore. You can like, you can still get a chance at the number one spot. So it's teams like that, like it gives teams at the bottom a chance, like, and the fans, because it's really for the fans. You don't tank seasons anymore, because like it doesn't matter if you're the last or third last, you still have the same chance. So try to win that game. So you don't feel bad. You don't want to cheer for your team to lose. That happens at the end of the year. Like last year, 
We won that last game. I would. I didn't want to win that last game. And you shouldn't do that as a fan watching the game. You know what I mean? That's not right. That's naturally not right. You should always want your team to win. And this helps that initiative to go forward. Like, you want to cheer for your team, give them a reason to cheer. This lottery reform works in that in that regard. You know, if you're going to lose, lose right. Lose trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I totally know what you mean. And like I said, like, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. Like, if you were to tell me, like, over the course of the next four uh, – uh, okay, so it's supposed to start in 2019. If you were to tell me over the course of 19, 20, and 21, those those three drafts, the odds would be a little bit less, a little bit less, and then finally in 21 it would get to what they're proposing to start in 2019. Totally fine with it because that gives all the teams three years to get their shit figured out and try to do whatever it is they want to do. Um, right. Because if you if you decide to rebuild, you're looking at at least a three-year process. I think the, I think the commissioner kind of owes it to the owners to say, all right, well, Obviously, we can't just implement this right away, and I think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna pass. I think it's gonna get voted down because you got too many teams that have just made the decision to rebuild, and you got too many teams who are elite teams up at the top who essentially don't want teams that barely miss the playoffs to have a better chance of getting a really good pick. Um, like, I mean, if you're if you're Boston, if you are Golden State Warriors, um, the Spurs, Minnesota. Um, like any of those like teams that are like quote unquote elite teams and have stability. So I'm not going to throw in the Cavs cause they don't have stability. I'm not going to throw in OKC okay, cause they don't have stability, but any of those elite teams that have stability, they're going to say no, cause they don't want the teams that are, you know, the Denver's of the world to all of a sudden get a fucking superstar to add to their already pretty damn good roster. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's going to pass. Um, but I, here's the thing, though. I think it would pass if they did it, if it had an implementation that was more gradual. Um, Jawan, uh, from from like what I've just described and everything uh, about it, what what are your initial thoughts on on draft reform? Uh, I was shocked that this was uh, that this happened. Um, I don't hate it either to steal Joel's catchphrase. Um, <laughs> It, it does seem like it's going to um, to make the uh, the future of the NBA a lot more competitive, top to bottom, because uh, you're, you're going to have to be, um, which is always good. Uh, so I think that that'll do more good for the NBA going forward, because uh, this whole tanking thing, yeah, like Joel said, <laughs> rooting for your team to lose games towards the end of the season. It should right. never be a thing of that. You should always be rooting for your team to try to make like, – like Miami Heat fans, who at the beginning of the season was kind of like, yeah, all right, this isn't going to happen. So, you know, towards the end of the season, it was like, oh, this is possibly, a, a, you know, something we could maybe strive for. So that's how every fan for an organization should try to root for their team in the in the sense of, like, you know, let, let's play for um, – you know, that whole losing thing, man, not only does it kill the players, it, it kind of kills the fan base too. So, mm-hmm. you know, this, this will definitely help the um, the league remain more competitive. Well, and, and I agree with that. And, and, and also I think um, one other thing that I would give it like a very, um, I would call it a, a big pro, um, if you will, um, is – 
I know Joel has, has mentioned so many different times um, that, you know, we have a league that lacks um, competitiveness. Like there are just a handful of teams who are, who are, mm-hmm. you know, legit uh, title contenders. Um, and this may help to change that. If you could, if you at, at you know, number 12 or number 13 or number 14, um, you know, walk out and get a number one or number two pick, like that's huge, man. Like that's like, that could elevate that team to a whole nother level, you know? So, I mean, I don't mind it long-term. I, like I said, I just think that they need, I, I, I think that two things, one, I think it's too much too soon if it passes. And two, I don't think it's going to pass because it's too much too soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I could, I could definitely see that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I thought, um, I, I thought I was going somewhere with that, but then I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all good. <laughs> um, well, oh, wait, let's wait, move wait. on. We I'm got sorry. what? I just remember I had a quick question for you, for you and Joel. Um, I heard it this morning, yeah. and I wanted to see what you guys thought about it. Um, just really quick, we don't have to spend much time on it, but I wanted to ask you yeah. before I forgot. If next season LeBron goes to the Lakers, do you think then? Um, uh, Shit, what's the um? Shit, Adam something silver. Silver. Do you think he'll then be forced to um combine the league for the uh for the playoffs? Ooh, that's a really good question, man. Um, God, like there's so many reasons why they should, and there's 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 several reasons why they shouldn't. Um, but. Only reason I say yeah. that, the biggest reason why I ask you this question is, is this. Um, TNT just signed a crazy deal with the NBA. Now, we all know TNT hosts the Eastern Conference Finals. If LeBron goes to the West, you're looking at two competitive, te- like really high competitive teams in the East. I mean, like the level of where the Cavs were. That's the Celtics and the Wizards. I think everyone right. else just kind of flies flies, you know, around the radar. So if you're TNT, you just right, sign well, that depends, huge it depends contract. On what the depends on what the Bucks do, but yeah. But nevertheless, still, I, I'm with you. But w- w- what I'm saying is, you know, the, the ratings will probably dip Plummet. tremendously yeah. for, for some of those uh, playoff games because no one wants to watch uh, Kimba Walker, you know, versus – Whoever, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they watch yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals every year because LeBron leads the way. Um, mm-hmm. So if LeBron's gone, uh, you know, now I'm not knocking Greek Freak and, and you know, uh, other teams on the rise, but we're talking what brings the viewership. The viewership will completely drop. So if you're TNT and LeBron goes to the West, you're pissed because ESPN has, has the Western Conference, so they're fucking set. You're stuck with the Eastern Conference, and there's no way TNT's going to let that shit fly. So I think they'll probably have to face it that year, that upcoming year if he does leave. But I guarantee you they're going to make a huge fit about the years to come that the NBA needs to combine the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs so they can get more competitive games on their network during that stretch. Yeah, and I've always kind of thought, like, and maybe this is just me, I mean, I've always kind of thought that the way that they do, like, one channel gets the West and one channel gets the East is kind of stupid. 
Like, I feel like, like mm-hmm. you, you should get a mix of each um, would make more sense to me anyway. Um, but nevertheless, uh, maybe it's just because it's easier to schedule to have one have the West and one have the East. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I, I really think, yeah, you you, you got to look at it, man. Like, I don't know if it necessarily forces them to change it, um, but I think it forces them to, to really strongly consider it. And as a, as a fan of the game, like, be better. It would just, like, like it's, it's ridiculous, even this season, that, you know, we're sitting here talking about uh, t- basically teams, teams out West, like the, the you know, the Clippers, the, the um, Pelicans, like they may not make the playoffs and we may have a team like the fucking Pacers or the Heat make the playoffs. Like it's, that's ridiculous. Like it really is. I so, mean, I always, I always love the idea of like, um, you know, like if LeBron was in Cleveland and, and they went through this logic of combining the, the Western and the Eastern Conference, I always love the idea of Cleveland having to beat the Spurs or the Rockets or the Warriors before getting to the finals. Like, yeah. you know, because the way I always looked at it was LeBron's always had a not, – not always, I'm sorry. LeBron over the past almost 10 years now nah, – no, is, is it that much? Maybe six or seven. Seven. No, almost 10 years. Seven. seven. Okay, I'm sorry. Seven years now has had a cakewalk through the East. Mm-hmm. There's been some competitive teams, but we've all known who was going to come out on the other side. So it's been almost a cakewalk for him for these past seven years. So picture if in those seven years he had to play the teams that he would in the finals during the playoffs. We'd right. not only possibly look at his legacy differently, but if he got past those teams to go to the finals, we'd respect them a lot more because the level of competition would be higher. So right. I think that would well, really that's be just, the NBA That's just the thing well. in a nutshell to have, to, to me, to have, you know, have the best teams playing as we go to the, each of the next rounds. So, like, right. yeah, I mean, in that sense, I'm, I'm very much – like would lean towards just rank them one through sixteen and let them go. Like, and the thing is, yeah. like, the 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 like the travel and all that kind of stuff. That ain't shit for NBA players. They travel first nope. class. Like everything's fucking legit. Like, it's a, a little bit of time change difference. That's not gonna fool you, man. Like, it, not not the not the minute amount of time difference that it would be. So, um, and if anything, uh, you know, uh, I I would think that, um. You know, I, well, no, I mean, I just don't think it's going to – I don't think it would really affect you that much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. It really does. Joel? I've always been open to it for a while now, um, even though I've always hated the idea of the West being so strong and the East being so East and shit like that, considering we live right. in the East. And, um but I always understood it. I don't like the idea of making a change just because LeBron left, though. I could say fuck that. That's that's how I feel about that. Because I'm like, just because he left, we're gonna dictate what we do. Because of, no, I don't, I don't, I don't play that. If I'm the league, no, I'm not playing it. Well, I, I I do get that. I do get that. But I was speaking more to it'll hurt their pockets because TNT will yeah. have a a a, yeah, a hissy fit about the lack of ratings on their network. Well, so it was more about two, their pockets being affected. Yeah, and two, it's not like it's not like it's just LeBron. It's because of what's already happened with the cascade of talent that's yeah, gone to the West the in case, this past off. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, like I said, if that it's been like that for a while now, that's what it is. But as a reaction to like, oh, LeBron, like, oh, we gotta do shit now. We gotta. No, I don't. I'm, <laughs> I'm not having one player dictate my 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 decision, doing what I gotta do. If it's sure. out, if it's with the league, if it calls for that, and the league is just going that way and just makes more sense, yes. But I'm not only doing it because LeBron wanted to go be a dick and go out to LA, you know. <laughs> well, I, I, like I said, I do completely get you, and I I completely side with you. Um, I was just, like I said, speaking more to it. It's going to hurt their pockets if yeah, LeBron goes wet. I don't really care. I don't care about their pockets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, fuck no, your I'm pockets. Not, <laughs> I'm speaking more in the sense of I'm sure the NBA cares about their pockets. Yeah, I, I know we be, don't because we don't I get any feel, of it. I have a feeling they'll be all right in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They will be. I mean, besides, TNT's already signed the TNT's already signed the dotted line. I mean, they can't go back on it. They can just bitch. Like that's all. No, 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 no. No, but that's what I was saying. I I wasn't speaking like, oh, they'll get out of their contract. They'll just really be bitching about it for the longer. Right. Like. Do something. Yeah, like every. Oh my God! Could you imagine Charles Barkley during every single inside the NBA during the the (laughs) halftime or after? He's like, man, this is bullshit. This is just terrible. It's just terrible. Like, wait, time out. Picture, picture if it's Knicks Pacers. (laughs) That's one of the playoff games. Barkley has to cover. Barkley's like, listen, y'all send me to. He also me to ESPN or some shit, man. I don't want to do this no more. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he'd be in the back, like, talking about how he's watching something else right now. He was watching hockey. Yeah, yeah, that's what he was doing this past year. Which, you know, like, who the fuck can blame him, you know? So, yeah, it'll be I interesting. Make... I, you know what will be even more interesting, though, Juwan? How would they – how would they rectify, like, how would they decide what um, provider, ESPN and TNT, get which game if they decided to combine them? Like, well, is it, is the is it, is it that... like you pick one, then you pick one? Like, is it is it like or, pick a basketball where it's like I pick first and then pick? Or it depends on how many teams uh, they're looking to expand it to because then maybe you could just cut that in half. Because they're all going to be competitive games because it's literally the best teams in the NBA that are in these playoffs, not the teams, you know, that have the best record in the worst conference um, that well, are playing. I mean, so you're getting, still, you're getting the best competition. Yeah, but, I mean, still, like, one, one versus 16 is not going to be competitive. How about that? Well, it depends. One, it depends. If you're telling me, no, if no, you're telling it me doesn't depend. You're trying to tell me, you're trying to tell me any team in the bottom sixteen is going to beat the Warriors. Any team that's the sixteenth best if, team in the league no, 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 is going to beat not, the Warriors. Not, not beat them, but make it a make it a competitive and fun series to watch. If you're telling me Pelicans are at number sixteen as con, as currently constructed, and number one is Golden State, that'll be a fun series to watch. We we know who's going to win. But we can kind of say that for most of these these games. But it'll be a fun series to watch. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, I guess I get your point. But here's the thing: like, you're more likely going to get an even worse team because the I mean, the West is better than the East, so you're going to more likely get like, say, Miami or I don't know, Philly or something like. 
it, regardless, I mean, I, hey, one versus don't 16 sleep on is not going to be entertaining. Man, uh, man yeah, they can say trust the process all they want. Like, I, man, but you know what? I won't, I won't say a bad word about Joel Embiid because that dude's hilarious. That's what I'm saying. If if healthy, yeah. Joel could do some some damage. Yeah, and he's just the best. He's the best person on Twitter, like <laughs> bar none, like <laughs> the NBA player anyway. So he's got that going for him. But yeah, interesting. I mean, it would be interesting. I think uh, I think there's definitely um, some some merit as to why you would do that. Um, so uh, player rest reform. Uh, basically, Adam Silver wants to try to make legislation to uh, encourage teams to rest players at uh, home and not on nationally televised games. Um, I'm going to start with you, Joel, because I feel like you're you're kind of real big into the fans and, like, you know, what, what the fans deserve and that kind of thing. you got to love this, right? Yeah, I, I totally love it. I, I, I agree. I mean, we, we let's say you go to a game and you go to see – let's say it's LeBron. Let's say the Cavs come to town and you go see LeBron and he wants to rest that night. And he only comes, like, twice a year – you know what I mean? Like, he wants to rest tonight. And when he can rest at home, where he plays the majority of his games. You know what I mean? Like, that, that irks me. <laughs> like, he owes it to his, The fans deserve to see the guy. If he can. If he's hurt, it's different. But if it's just for rest, do that at home. You don't do it here. You know, you're busy. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about and, and I, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, and I totally agree from a fan standpoint. I think – my biggest thing is this. I feel like it's up to Adam Silver and the NBA to create a schedule that doesn't encourage that doesn't encourage people like LeBron to rest because yeah, when it comes down to it, my my opinion is teams got to do what they think is best for their team. They can't be worried about the fans. Which is, I think yeah, I think too much shit gets thrown on the teams for making these decisions. And I think instead of instead of like trying to make make any sort of demands that you can't enforce, like just try to make it. And I, and I think they're trying to take the necessary steps. They've expanded the season. They're trying to have less back-to-backs, all that kind of jazz. Well, when you're putting together the schedule, keep that in mind and don't make nationally televised games back-to-back and try not to make road games back-to-back. And I just don't think you'll see as much of that. And I think, I think the problem takes care of itself from there to where you don't have to try to dictate to – teams and their owners and everything else, like, don't do this. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did they make any adjustments this for their, their schedule? Yeah, they, yeah, they're starting the season, like, 10 days earlier, so they're trying to spread the games out a little bit. Yeah. I thought so. It looked earlier. I'm like, wow, it's like training camp next week already? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like or, or, I think, mid, mid-October mid instead of late October yeah. this year. Yeah. I, I like it. <laughs> Yeah, it, well, hell yeah, dude! Like, expand that shit more. Give me basketball in September, motherfuckers. We don't need preseason. Like, <laughs> come on. Uh, I, I'm all for that. Um, Jawan, what do you think about it? I mean, are you is player resting? Is that something you have a big problem with? And are you happy that you know um, they're trying to fix it? Well, I'm glad they're trying to fix it, but I've never been a fan of NBA coming down on. Um, teams that choose to rest their players. I don't feel as though LeBron should have to play because he's one of the best players in the league. If he feels as though he needs some rest, he needs some rest. 
I mean, if you're telling me a fan came all the way from China and this is his only chance to see LeBron, if he's a true LeBron fan, he'd rather LeBron win in the postseason healthy than him to play all these games for those fans during the regular season and he loses his legs come playoffs. So I was never right. a fan of uh, one game. you punishing. No, 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 I'm not saying one game, but you're saying – you're saying that there, there's for every one for every fan. I mean, for every instance you're speaking of, there's like a billion fans that have that same story through the course of 82 games, Joel. It's not just one guy for one game. It, yeah, there's but it's multiple no, fans it, during the course of 82 games. At home, you don't got to worry about that. You could rest off if you want. Don't play at home at all, then. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. So then, my question to you is: please, if one of the national televised six, games. Please. Hold on. If one of the nationally televised games are at home, that's that's their point. They don't want you resting on nationally televised games. They want you playing. So if it is at home and he still wants to rest, no, no, no. That that was their biggest issue that they were resting on nationally televised games. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. That is the thing. Let's let's be clear. The the league doesn't give a fuck about fans. The league cares about their ratings. They don't want them to rest on nationally televised games. Yeah, that's what's more important than the league. What's more important than the fans? Yeah, well, I see what he's saying. He's talking from the fans' perspective. What's more important for the fans? Like, yeah, I don't know. No, no, I'm sorry. I don't give a shit. If yeah, I know you don't, but I'm saying that's why that's why I've never been huge on the league wanting players to not uh, rest during nationally televised games, and that's why I was saying for every fan, um, you know, there's a there's over the course of 82 games, you have a lot of fans who feel like that, and you can't just <laughs> risk your player in in the postseason yeah. for these regular season games. So, I I'm mean, if you're saying don't play any – I understand, and if you're saying don't play any, any home games, only play away games, cool, fine with that. But yeah, me, that's that's knowing, me knowing how in, injury-prone uh, Carmelo has become, if you're telling me that um, – Melo's going to sell out some, some games during the season, albeit possibly home games or even away games. And I miss that, but I get to see him fully healthy come postseason um, when, when we really need it. Then that, that means more to me as, as a fan. Um, you'll always get an opportunity to see him. It's not like every time he comes to your city, he's going to be resting. I think the odds of that are slim. Um, but uh, to me, I don't know. Uh, players' health when I need them the most is always important to me. You act like first of all, I want to know what you're smoking and think the Knicks are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> no, I just use that as an example because me personally, no, I know. I'm personally, just, I'm I just, take, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just clowning. I'm just clowning. Joel, what you you at a point? No, I'm done with my points. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fuck it. Well, let's move on because we got – I think we got time for one more topic, and I'm glad we got to this one. Uh, so, Kevin Durant. Man, Kevin Durant, first of all, he, he released his shoes, which in the soles of the shoes, it has all of the, all of the uh, I guess, uh, shit talking that people have been doing on, on social media and everything. Although, I did not see Cupcake. I was kind of pissed that he didn't put Cupcake in there. But it had almost all of the other ones. And then on top of it, of course, it had his, his finals MVP stuff. It had the, the, the team's, uh, I think the team's record or something like that. Um, before we get to the tweet, I just want to quickly 
uh, know what y'all's thoughts are on his shoes. Do you like that? Like, do you think, like, I don't know. What do, what do you think about it, Joel? I mean, whatever. I mean, that's on him. That's what he wants to do. I mean, that makes him feel better, you know, about leaving OKC to go to, to Golden State, best team in the league, you know. May God do it. I mean, that, that, that's, that's on him, really. I mean, his brand, his shoe, he can do whatever he wants, honestly. Um, yeah, except don't dog your teammates' shoes in the same process, but <laughs> no, no, what, nevertheless. What, what did it say? Uh, uh, no, it, not that his, his shoe didn't say anything. He, he, he was talking shit about Steph Curry's shoes, saying no one wants to wear those Currys. Oh, he did say that. You're right. He did say that. Yeah, which which was like kind of. About Kevin Durant as we But but the thing is, he ain't wrong. <laughs> Nobody does want to wear those curries. Those things are pretty fucking they, ugly. I, mean, I just don't think he should have said look it. Like, is all. They they do look like they look like tennis shoes, shoes or something. <laughs> like like straight legit like shit you wear at Wimbledon like. <laughs> <laughs> curry. But but I don't hey, Juwan, what. It, what do you think about the shoes, man? Um, I, I think the shoes look okay. I'm not a huge uh, basketball shoe guy. But I think with the stuff written on it, I think Durant has to, at some point in his career moving forward, uh, be okay with the decision he made um, himself. Like, if you're okay with it uh, yourself, it's just noise to you. And I don't think he's at that point where he's fully – like, he fully is okay with the the decision he made. Um, and that's why it bothers him so much when people still call him out about it. I think if you were honestly, truly okay with it, all this would be is just noise to you. You wouldn't have to be so vocal or so obvious about, um, you know, responding to the hate. Because if you were cool with it within yourself, it wouldn't matter. So I think at some point he has to grow up. He has to grow up and, and accept that he did what he thought was was best for him in his future. And when he gets to that point, he'll be fine. It'll just be noise to him. He won't care. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the thing, man. It just seems petty to me. It really does. Like, like, and I, I was never one to talk too much shit about him moving. Initially, I did because um, I was a little taken aback by it. But, hey, hey, come on now. Like, everybody was a little taken aback by it. But I ultimately, you know, like y'all know we when we covered when we covered the finals, like I said it, I was like, man, he definitely made the best decision for his career. Um, he could have made he could have handled it better. But like but that's the thing with these shoes and even the tweet when he gets on and he tweets and he's you know, thinks he's under a a, a different handle but he's actually under his public handle and then he yeah. starts talking shit, like, thinking that he's talking from another, from, like, a hidden fucking thing. Like, uh, it's all so petty. It's all so petty. And it's like, uh, bro, you you fucking won, dude. You, you like, not only did you go and, and win a championship, you were the finals MVP. It's, I agree with you 100%, Juwan. It still gets under his skin. And he just needs to fucking let it go, man. He's, like, and this to me is just more of him just being, like, so petty about it like it's it's like it's not enough for him to to go win and to you know silence the critics but then he's got to even he's got to yap back at him even more and then he's got to continue to talk shit and I think it's just so hilarious that that tweet that he didn't he didn't change the handle because I mean he's basically trying to talk shit it, and and saying like, well, all that team is garbage. He only had Russ. Oh. 
he didn't like Billy Donovan, like all this shit. And it's just like, dude, oh. just let it fucking go. Like, just don't respond to that. Like, I don't know. That's just I my opinion. The... We got we got three and a half minutes left. I want to throw it to y'all to get y'all's take on it. Ah, uh, they came out the bushes. To... I'm just saying, man. Like, I, I was never a fan of his decision to go. And I'm just, uh, it just looks like he's not a fan either. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what he's going through mentally. I think it's obviously what Jawan said is 100% correct. He is just not comfortable with himself right now to the fact that he lets other people bother him so much, that he cares about what other people think that much. Just be you. Chill out. You made your decision. You won your championship. You got what you wanted. I don't know why you're stressing. And, I mean, it sucks because he blasted his old team bad. Like, it wasn't – it was, he, at least he didn't blast Westbrook. At least we know that much wasn't that. It wasn't that crazy. But he did blast his team and his coach. I was like, that that sucks. <laughs> no, man, that hurts. Well, I mean, he kind of yeah, needs yeah. to. He kind of needs to blueprint himself more so after LeBron. LeBron, when he left Cleveland, knew that the league was not okay with um, him going to team up with uh, Dwayne Wade and Bosh. So he came out and was just like, not only am I going to talk my – I'm going to be confident enough to embrace my villain role as you guys see me. And they lost that first year. He had to eat that. And then the next year he rebounded, won the championship, and that spoke for itself. He didn't have to keep validating uh, mm-hmm. his purpose for wanting to leave. He let his winning of championships do that. And that's why I said I think Durant keeps waking up in the middle of the night like, should I have really left? Like, dude, you won the championship. Yes, that was right. your purpose for leaving. There should be no yeah. regret. You, you achieved your really goal. So, yeah, the answer yeah. is definitely yes, you should have left. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't get I it. Don't get he has a, he has I a don't either, up. man. He has to grow up. Yeah, I, that's the thing. Like, just let it go, man. Like, you won. You, 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 like, you won in every conceivable. The only way you didn't win is you didn't get MVP and Russ got MVP, but – I feel like even then, if I'm Russell or if I'm Kevin Durant, I'm kind of happy that Russ got MVP, right? Like, don't you think mm-hmm. like that if you were an issue, you'd be happy about that? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, mainly I'd be happy about it because the goal of the season is to win a championship, not MVP. So <laughs> there's a there's a box next to my name that's checked that he doesn't have checked. So yeah, right. I mean, I'm still like, congrats, that's great. I already won an MVP. Now you have. But I won a championship, so yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, you got next, bro. Yeah, I yeah. mean it's it's just crazy. Like I mean, it really is. I don't I don't get it. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna close out the show here. Um, thanks for joining me, fellas. As always, another fucking terrific show. I had a lot of fun. Um, next week we'll be back to break down the Western Conference, but we had to had to get to this stuff. Um, so uh, till next week, uh, we'll we'll catch you then. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Man, so we'll see you then. Everybody, peace out. Peace. Peace. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.